This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Know Your Bible. and We do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time. Today on Know Your Bible, we're going to be to begin a very interesting series of lessons entitled How to Get Along with Others. That's, you know, that's really one of the things that we deal with day in and day out is how do we deal with one another? How do we get along with other people? Sometimes it may be a family. Sometimes it may be a neighbor. Sometimes it may be someone at school, someone at church. But how do we get along with other people? And today we're going to look at this subject you can't judge a book by looking at the cover. That's an interesting topic, and I'm sure you've heard that expression before. But it's taught in the Bible. You can't judge a book by looking at the cover. I want to encourage you to continue to watch as we'll be discussing that today. But oh no, your Bible, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course and there are thousands of people throughout the United States and in several foreign countries who are already enrolled in World Bible School studying this Bible course, and we'd like for you to have it today. It, you say, well, Brother Lambert, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I just have one question. What does it cost? And there is no cost. It's absolutely free, and we want you to have it. Now, in order that you might know how to receive the course, and in order that you might know just a little bit more about the course itself, we'd like to pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. One day a child wandered away from home. The child's dog was with the child and sometime later the dog came back to the house and the dog was covered with blood and the father thinking that the dog had killed the child destroyed the dog well later as they began to look for the child they found the little child safe and sound sitting under a tree and not far far from where the child was sitting there was the lifeless form of a panther, a panther that had been killed by the child's dog. You see, the dog protected the little child, but the father didn't know it. You see, you just can't judge a book by looking at the cover. How many snap judgments do we make in life only to learn later that we've made a mistake? A man was riding on a train 
with a baby in his lap. And the baby was crying, just crying uncontrollably. There was a man sitting just across the aisle from this man who became quite uh, irritated because the child would not stop crying. And so the man said, why don't you take that baby to its mother? What the man didn't understand was that baby's mother was in a coffin in another car on that train. You see, you just can't judge a book by looking at the cover. How often do we only see the surface of things when the truth lies unseen? In 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter, the story goes that God had rejected Saul as being king of Israel. Samuel is now to anoint another to take the place of Saul. I want you to get the picture. Jesse brings all of his sons before Samuel. And from the, from the sons of Jesse, one is to be selected to take the place of King Saul. The very first one to step up is his son by the name of Eliab. And as Samuel looks at him, he thinks this must be the one. This must be the one. He looks on the outward appearance of him and he says, now if I were selecting someone to take the place of Saul, I would select Eliab. But I want you to listen to a passage found in 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter, and verse number 7. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, nor on the height of his stature. You see, that's what Samuel was doing when he looked at Eliab. He said, Because I have refused him, this is not the one that I want to take Saul's place. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. You see, you just can't judge a book by looking at the cover. The, the Bible teaches that we should not be judgmental of other people. But you know, there's some judging that's not forbidden. In 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, there was a man who was living with his father's wife. It was a sin that was so flagrant that it would not even be found among those who were Gentiles. But the church at Corinth was not mourning about this. They were not sad about it. But rather they were puffed up. And they were instructed to put this person away from among them. That is, to withdraw their fellowship from this individual that his soul might be saved in the day of judgment. There was a judgment that they were going to have to make in order to do that. Then in 2 Thessalonians, the third chapter in verse 6, Paul exhorts that there were some who were walking disorderly 
from whom they needed to withdraw themselves. A judgment would have to be made. And then again in Matthew the 7th chapter in verses 15 to 20, Jesus taught that there's a certain judgment that we make. He said, by their fruit you shall know them. We are not to be judges of other people, but we are to be fruit inspectors. We see the results of the life that an individual lives, and if it's not in harmony with God's will, then we can know that that is wrong. In Galatians, the sixth chapter in verse 1, Paul taught that if a brother is overtaken in a trespass or in a fault, that those who are spiritually minded brethren should seek to restore that individual in the spirit of meekness. Well, there's a judgment that has to be made as to whether or not this person is walking disorderly or has been overtaken in a fault or a trespass. And then in 1 John, the fourth chapter in verse 1, John said, Try the spirits, whether they are of God, because there are many false prophets that are gone out into the world. So a judgment has to be made. And we, we can judge by the studying of the Word of God whether an individual is teaching the truth or not. In Acts 17 and 11, those that were uh, of Thessalonica, were, they, they, those were more noble than those of Thessalonica in that they received the Word with all readiness of mind and searched the Scriptures daily whether those things were so. They had to make a judgment, but the judgment they made was based upon the teaching of the Word of God. So, so there is a judgment that is not forbidden. But the judgment that is forbidden is unjust criticism, or it is censorious remarks that an individual might make, or it is imputing the motive of an individual. I remember many years ago I was preaching in a certain town in a revival, in a gospel meeting, and I was staying in the motel. They were having day services at 10 o'clock each morning throughout the week. And about 9 o'clock before I was to go over to the day service at 10, there was a knock on my door. And when I opened the door, there was a man standing there who introduced himself and he said, I'm a taxi driver. As a matter of fact, I learned later that he was the only taxi driver in that town. He said, I'd like to talk to you. And I invited him into my room. And he said, I, I want to be a Christian. I heard you preach yesterday. I want to be a Christian. And I, this morning when we have the service, I want to be baptized. My wife wants to be baptized. My children want to be baptized. And so I said, well, that's just a wonderful thing. Well, he left and went on his way, and at the 10 o'clock service, he and all of his family were baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins. That the next morning, about the same time, there was a knock on my door. I opened the door, and there he stood. I invited him in. I said, brother, I could call him brother now because he had been born into the family of God. How are you doing today? He said, Brother Lambert, I'm so upset. He, he said, yesterday when I got back to town, after being up here talking to you, and after going to the service, he, he said there were some men who said that they saw my taxi at the motel and they accused me 
of being here with a woman. Oh, I said, brother, don't worry about that at all. Because you see, all they were doing is they were judging you based upon what they would have been doing had their car been found at the motel. You see, it's so easy to impute the purity of someone's motive and, and impute a pure, impure motive to them. Let me tell you what, it called, what judging other people in being unjust in our criticism can cause. First of all, it, it diverts attention from one's own life and one's own sins to someone else. I think a classic example of that is John the 12th chapter. When Judas sort of focused in on Mary who had taken some precious ointment and, and had anointed the body of Jesus and he asked the question, why was this waste made? And all in the world Judas was doing was trying to get the Lord and others to look at Mary and, and accuse her of being wasteful to divert attention from the fact that he as the keeper of the bag was nothing more than a thief. You see, that's one of the reasons that sometimes people are harsh in their judgment of other people. They're just trying to divert attention from themselves to somebody else. And then another reason that we judge people is because we're trying to justify ourselves. I think a classic example of that is is found in Luke the 18th chapter where a man's trying to build up himself and build up his, his image in the sight of other people and trying to justify himself. There Jesus told about two men who went up to the temple to pray. One, one man was a Pharisee, the other man was a publican. And, and the Pharisee stood and he prayed like this, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like other men. And he said, Lord, I want you to know that I fast twice a week. I'm giving tithes of all that I possess. And, and Lord, I want you to know that, that I'm keeping my marriage vows. I, I'm not guilty of adultery, Lord. I've often wondered who was he trying to impress. I, I think he was trying to build up himself. So number one, he's talked about how good I am. And then he points to the publican. He said, Lord, I am so thankful that I'm not like that man. And then the publican would not so much as even lift up his eyes toward heaven and he smote his breast and he prayed, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, now the Lord analyzed those two men. And Jesus said, this man, that is the publican, went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. I think one of the reasons that sometimes we are judgmental of other people is because we're trying to build ourselves up. We're trying to justify what we do. I think another reason is out of envy and hatred. I think that was true of Saul, of King Saul in the Old Testament. Saul had heard the people chanting this about David, that Saul has slain his thousands, and, and David has slain his tens of thousands, and, and Saul began to eye David. And he began to pursue David, and he wanted to kill David. He had tried to do that on more than one occasion. Why, why was he being so critical and so harsh and so hard on David? It was because of envy, and it was because of hatred that he had in his heart. 
You know in Matthew the 7th chapter, Jesus talked about this problem. Jesus said, Judge not, that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. So we need to be careful in judging other people because we are going to be judged with the same type of judgment that we judge other people. But then Jesus said, Now why are you beholding the mote that is in your brother's eye, but you don't consider the beam that is in your own eye? Now a mote was just a speck of dust. A beam was a log. Actually, one translation uses the word log. Uh, you, you might relate to a, like a two-by-four. Can you imagine a person going around with a two-by-four stuck in their eye and, and they go around wanting to get the little speck of dust out of everyone else's eye? To, to me, there's a note of levity in that. I think the Lord is showing how ridiculous it is for men to try to judge other people. But the Lord went on to say, now you need to get the, the beam out of your eye. You, you need to get the log out of your eye. You need to get that two before out of your eye. And then you can see clearly to get the moat out of your brother's eye. In verse 5, Jesus addressed people like this as being hypocrites. They're just play acting. Oh, they may tell you to your face they love you. You turn your back, they begin to judge you. It's a very serious thing to try to judge a book by looking at the cover. But, but why is it wrong for us to judge other people? Well, sometimes we don't know the full story. Uh, it reminds me of the judge who was known as a hanging judge. And, and one day he, he pounded his gavel. He said, order in the court, order in the court. He said, I've got to have order in this court because I've had to condemn the last five men without hearing a shred of evidence. And there are people who judge other people without knowing what is involved, without knowing the facts, without hearing any evidence. And so we don't always know the full picture. And then we judge sometimes because it is hard for us to be impartial. It's really hard to be impartial. It is said that the Greeks would hold court at night because it helped them by not being able to look into the faces of the men and women who were on trial it helped them to be impartial in their judgment of them. I heard about a woman who had a son and a daughter, and both of them got married just about the same time. And someone asked her, what kind of a man did your daughter marry? Oh, she said, he's a wonderful, wonderful man. Why, she could have looked the world over and never found a better one. Why, he lets her sleep late every day. And, and he lets her go to the beauty parlor as many times during the week as she wants to go. She doesn't even have to cook. A and they eat out just about all of the time. Oh, she married a wonderful man. 
Well, they said, well, well what kind of a woman did, did your son marry? Oh, she said, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that, that he made a grave mistake when he married that girl. Why, do you know that she sleeps late every day? And do you know that she wants to go to the beauty parlor several times, several times during the week? And she never cooks at home. And they have to eat out all the time. You see, it's hard to be impartial. Now, not everything that we might condemn in someone else's life is sin. Did you hear me? Not everything that we might condemn in another person's life is sin. An illustration of that is when Hannah was praying for a son. And you remember that when she was looked upon, that all they could see was her mouth moving, and, and it was assumed, it was assumed she was drunk. But they were wrong. That those who were making that judgment, and Eli was making that judgment, it was a wrong judgment. She was praying for a child. So sometimes those things that we might condemn in other people are, are not wrong at all. That's the reason I say that you cannot judge a book by looking at the cover. And it's, it's the, the right to judge other people that does not belong to us. It doesn't belong to man. A long time ago, as a gospel preacher, I tried to get out of the judging business. I'm not going to tell you that as a younger preacher that sometimes I wasn't judgmental in my preaching. But I do not believe that in our preaching and our living the Christian life that we have a, a right to, to be judgmental of other people. Because there's one who will judge us. I want to read to you now from 1 Corinthians the 4th chapter beginning in verse number 3. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Evidently, some had judged Paul and he said, doesn't mean a whole lot to me that you've done that. Doesn't matter to me, it's a small thing. And he said, yea, I judge not my own self. He said, I don't even judge myself. For I know nothing by myself. Yet am I not hereby justified? But he that judgeth me is the Lord. Why well, Paul said if I were to judge myself, that was, wouldn't mean that I was acquitted. That's what one translation says, that you're not acquitted just because you judge yourself to be innocent. Because it is the Lord who judges us. Then listen to verse number 5. Therefore judge nothing before the time, until the Lord come. You see, when the Lord comes back, He's the one that's going to be our judge, who will br both bring to light the hidden things of darkness, the things we cannot see, the things that we have overlooked, and will make manifest the counsels of the heart, you think you know what's in a person's heart? You don't know what's in a person's heart. I don't know what is in yours. You do not know what is in mine. 
And it is wrong for us to try to judge a book by just looking at the cover. Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. He is the searcher of our hearts. Acts 1 and verse 24. So he says, Who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and make manifest the counsels of the hearts? And then shall every man have praise of God. Folks, I don't have the right to judge other people. You see, if I were to set myself up as a judge of others, I have tried to take the place of God. It is not my place to do that. I I think there's something that we can do about the matter of judging people. We, We see this in the political arena. We, we see this every day in life. We see it in schools. We, we see it in the home. We see it in our relationships with friends. Sometimes a friend may make a judgment and be critical and censorious about someone else. And sometimes we see it among those who claim to be children of God. But let me tell you what will cure that problem. That will solve it forever. And that's loving them as we ought. In 1 Corinthians the 13th chapter and in the 4th verse the Bible says that love suffers long and is kind. There's something that we ought to ask before we say something about another individual. Is it kind? Is it kind? Well, would I want God to hear me say this? Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it helpful? Is it edifying? And if we cannot answer those questions correctly, not only are we being judgmental, we don't really love that individual. We need to practice what Jesus taught in Matthew 7 and 12. Whatsoever you would that men should do unto you, do ye also unto them. We ought to treat others like we want to be treated. And may I also suggest we need to look for the good in other people. We we need to see people as people just like we are, but we need to look for their good. Jesus looked for the good, and Jesus died on the cross of Calvary to save you from your sins, to save me. Would you not believe in Him with all of your heart? Would you not repent of your sins? Confess your faith in Him. Would you not be baptized into Jesus Christ? Because Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. If you've never done that, friend, may I encourage you with all the love I have in my heart to do that today. Call for the course today. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible Correspondence Course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580. Or call 1-877-711-5214. This is a free call. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible. Thank you.